Thank you, Janet Lee. And we just keep going on and on and on over the years. And I, I hear that organ play. And I hear myself preaching on the broadcast. <laughs> and we don't quit. <laughs> and blessed be the name of God uh, today. We are uh, on the broadcast again for the Exodus Escape Part 3. And uh, we want to talk about so many things, and I hope to be able to get a, a lot of it in today because it's so important, but we'll keep at it until we, we, we get it, whatever number it takes to get all this revelation to you. Uh, we, we talked about how that there was two methods of escape, uh, one which was about direction and the other which was an up direction. And that there was a division, and we read you the scripture, and we'll probably go over that again, uh, how that uh, uh, the army uh, represented the families, and uh, they were comprised of, of persons 20 years old and upward who were fit and able to go to war. If they were not fit and able to go to war, then they were not part of the army, that we would be sent to go about direction uh, into the wilderness and uh, that escape route to the Red Sea. Uh, the other group, of course, uh, they, they went under camouflage, uh, under disguise as traders and uh, as tourists and visitors and as business people. And there's a lot we'll have to say about that uh, in this uh, teaching if we have the time, but we'll eventually get it. <clears throat> so, for those people that went toward um, the Mediterranean Sea and uh, with the plan of going on toward uh, Can Canaan, uh, those people uh, had to go along the military road called the Way of Horus. And uh, it was Egypt's east border, and it was a uh, secured military uh, road. Uh, it began at the Della, at the city of um, the Delta, rather, the city of Ramses uh, close by. Uh, Goshen is also another name. And, it, and uh, the road ran along a route to Canaan's coast uh, of the Mediterranean Sea, uh, upon which the Philistines uh, were distantly settled. Several military forts, those military forts were stations posted with military uh, guards uh, of Egyptian uh, uh, nature, and they were implanted along the way of the Horus route, and you can uh, see the reason why, uh, Exodus thirteen seventeen. So turning to the wilderness escape route, which was the other escape route, the question, of course, would be asked if there was not this division uh, between uh, this uh, gigantic volume of persons uh, who would have amounted to two million individuals, and that would not be counting all of the other um, uh, foreigners uh, that would want to be a part of the escape. Uh, so uh, when we think about that, uh, you know, uh, there would just be no easy way for that kind of uh, number of people to make their escape through the desert wilderness. 
and not leave uh, chronological and archaeological footprints and and even be able with their uh, uh, their personal effects and their their uh, animals and victuals uh, to be able to get far enough the, up the road uh, uh, even in three days to escape the vengeance that would come from the Pharaoh and his army. So those things are very, very important as we are going to go over that again in this teaching and go over it whatever number of times it takes so that everybody really has this mystery down. And you want to hang in here with this teaching today because I'm going to open your eyeballs. You're going to hear some scripture that you won't hardly even believe is in the Bible, and you're going to be absolutely amazed at it. So, you know, uh, you, you, you've got to know how that these two escapes uh, occurred and how that the, the uh, Hebrews were able to uh, write in front of the eyes of the Egyptian military, escape on the one route, and then with their allotted time of the three days uh, uh, and whatever the the uh, uh, information coming back to the pharaoh would be time. Uh, they 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 had to really rush to to make it to the Red Sea and hope to get across uh, before uh, being destroyed by the Egyptian uh, pharaoh and his army. And um, and then um, you know I said we'd talk about uh, the angels that went as warriors and guides be before the armies of Israel. Uh, I did really mention part of it in Psalm 68 about the 20,000 uh, ziths, uh, chariots that of uh, fire that, that were over the, the mountain uh, and uh, where the, the revelation of God was being given to Moses. And we also know from the book of Jude and, and, in, and in Revelations how the, these angels were called uh, dignitaries and dignities. And, uh, and uh, when we really search it out, we see that their name that is given in the 68th uh, chapter of Psalms is a name uh, not used for any of the other described angels in the, ba in the Bible. Because these particular angels, they represented the angels who were the Ophan uh, and that were, had reached the point of being uh, elect angels. Uh, which means that uh, uh, they were were at a, a point of, of of overcoming that they were ready to be taken back into uh, full recognition as ophanims, uh, but that of course could not happen until the white throne judgment. So they, in the meanwhile, were what were called uh, dignitaries, and these were the the angels that came uh, from the Father's house to uh, help uh, Moses and the children of Israel make uh, this escape from uh, Egypt. And um, we will show you a scripture that shows you that during this time in the wilderness, the army of uh, Israel, is, instead of shrinking, actually grew in, in numbers. And that, that there was a, a secret plan, a token secret plan, uh, and uh, it was like a really secret chessboard-like plan uh, to check the pharaoh and, uh, and his powerful army and then escape. Well, this plan was actually called the Passover plan. 
and we're going to get into that Passover plan and and uh, you know cover a lot about it. Um, <clears throat> the um, the Sinai uh, was under Egyptian control throughout antiquity, uh, although there's uh, large parts of it that were not actually a literal part of Egyptian proper. Uh, it was still under Egyptian control, and the idea of trying to get away uh, from the control of Egypt was not just a, a simple thing. Uh, mili the military and traders used the ancient road along the Suez east side, uh, you know, to do their trading with Canaan and and get into uh, other uh, areas. They would they would take the Mediterranean to get to to uh, to Greece and and uh, many other kinds of nations. Uh, they, um, uh, the Israelites lived in, in, in Goshen, uh, also called the District of Ramesses, uh, which was in Lower Egypt. And uh, the Nile stream poured freely north to the Mediterranean. Now, I read to you last week and versed with you and minister to you how that uh, a mingled Israel uh, is to go to Canada, or pardon, not Canada, we'll get that straight, to Canaan, uh, to get supplies and equipment. And, um, and a group of them uh, were to have supplies and meet Moses uh, at a certain date uh, at the Mount area of Horeb. Uh, but that wasn't all of the groups. Uh, that wasn't the largest part of the group. It would meet later at at the at the Mount Sila uh, 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 city, and um, uh, there's a whole lot to tell about that and the meaning of the word Sila in the Book of Psalms and other books and how the, important that was uh, in connection to this secret rendezvous uh, that that uh, the Israelites that went toward Canaan uh, would get supplies and equipment and, and eventually meet in those two different locations. A smaller group at the uh, Mount area of Horeb and a larger, much larger group uh, later at, at Selah. And um, uh, w we can see how that uh, previous meeting places uh, were assigned by God. Um, let me just turn here to Exodus chapter 4, verse 27. Now, in Exodus uh, 4, uh, let's just read it, verse 27, uh, here is, uh, here's, here's what, it, what it says. And the Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. And he went and he met him in the mount of God and kissed him. So we see that this was a way that God did things. They, he would set up a meeting place, and and uh, many times uh, these meeting places revolved around something that had a very holo, holy issue to it, and not only conveyed uh, a perfect place to take care of the need uh, for the people and their provisions, but also was uh, uh, very much involved in the spiritual aspect and the need of that uh, provision for the spiritual aspect. And uh, we discover this more and more and more 
as we get into the Bible and all the precious, awesome things that it teaches. Now, um, in Exodus 6, 6, it talks about, I will redeem you with a stretched out arm. And the harness plan that we mentioned uh, is revealed. And this word harnessed, of course, uh, uh, is about uh, dividing up into five parts the people of, uh, of Israel uh, that are uh, to, to go down as tourists and traders. And they're, they're not going to be uh, that additional vast number that goes with those 600,000 some uh, soldiers. Uh, but they are uh, uh, separating and uh, going, you know, the, the other way. And it is described how that they were harnessed, which means five divisions are, are separated into five groups, which uh, doesn't mean that, that those five groups all went at the same time, but that, you know, they were th th those uh, different separations could involve uh, different times. And uh, so it's, it's uh, very, very important uh, when the Lord in Exodus 6, 6 said, uh, Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with, a, and with great judgments. Now that bringing them out from under the burdens of the Egypt had to include the military um, guard and 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 the military uh, uh, force that made them to be slaves and that limited them uh, for having a life of freedom and and a life uh, uh, of deliverance and so God is promising there that uh, they are going to be uh, delivered and they're going to be you know set set free uh, from from that uh, uh, kind of, of a situation. Now, um, we want to, um, to make note um, how that uh, God has just totally updated uh, Moses all along uh, the, 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 the roads and the journeys uh, about what is going on, not only uh, with the journey, uh, but with the people and with the pharaohs and and the people uh, in Egypt that that uh, are ri that rise and and uh, are put in place that, that that Moses tells him so that we see that at a later time uh, when God, uh, when God was speaking to Egypt uh, from the time that he fled for his life from the pharaoh that God spoke to him, as I shared that with you last week, uh, Exodus 4.20, and says you can return to Egypt now because all of the men that sought your life are dead. So uh, keeping this in mind, how that God is informing uh, the uh, Moses and, and Aaron and advising them so they know what's going on. So they, they, they are not uh, left uh, with with uh, just uh, a guess of of what should be now <clears throat> getting into these meanings and these descriptions of the things that we're talking about uh, are not simple Simon to discover and to to find 
uh, in um, the the Hebrew, there were uh, uh, there were teachings, and um, certain words uh, were to be read but not written. Uh, certain words uh, that were other words were to be were to be uh, uh, read, uh, and uh, and so. So let's let's get these two. Some were read, some were written, so that certain words that were read were not written, and certain words that were that were uh, uh, spoken uh, uh, or read uh, were, were to be were to be spoken. Now, let's see if we we can really get that to to you. Uh, the uh, Q R E. Uh, in the Hebrew, it means reading, and uh, and uh, uh, K uh, exclamation T H I B H. I'm saying this for the benefit of those people that are going to be writing these messages. Uh, was the written. So there were literal Hebrew teachings of 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 words that were to be read. They were to be verbal. But they were not to ever be written, because uh, the secret of those things were not to get out, but only to be known verbally by certain people. And so those particular kind of things, uh, we will see later why in the Bible there has to be all of these uh, uh, special ways of, of reading the Scripture and understanding those things that are only partly revealed, and by seeing the part that is revealed, being able to know the whole part that goes along with it that is missing from the local text. And, and that being because uh, that some words were to be read but not written, and, and other words were to be uh, written but not read, and, and it's, it just goes on and on and on. Now the Passover plan, uh, was tied in to the, to the whole thing of the Passover, which was a thing that was the final act that freed the children of Israel from, uh, uh, from Egypt. When the uh, Passover plan was made by God and revealed to, to uh, Moses, uh, that whole thing had a velocity to it. And it had an exact uh, concept of how it was to be followed out, and within the the escape concept, uh, it it had a velocity of knowledge, and uh, it it had uh, a scope uh, revealing the bindings and the compressions and and the anti freedoms uh, that were in uh, in holes uh, that that uh, uh, stole away the liberty of the people, and how that uh, this velocity of action uh, would be so severe upon the Egyptians uh, to the point that all of the firstborn of uh, Egypt would die. Every firstborn person, regardless of the age, baby or, or child or adult or, or older person, they would die. And all of the cattle would die, not one cattle being left. And this was the action that was a velocity, it was an action of velocity, an action of happening with such a velocity of effect that the people of, of Egypt no longer wanted 
the people of Israel to stay on their land. They just wanted those people to get out. And the great turning was provided then for the people of Israel to turn from their bondage, from their slavery, uh, from their captivity, uh, to an escape to a land of milk and honey. So in the process of that, we see that there was in this velocity of energy uh, some plans that uh, are not simple to understand by a lot of people. In fact, some of these things, when they are read, turns people off from believing the Bible because they don't know the whole plan. They only know part of the plan, only know part of the meaning, and then they get turned off from the Bible and just don't want to believe it uh, because there was disinformation that came out from Egypt, but not only from Egypt, but that came out from Israel and its leaders. Now, that is why this thing about the, the Synodaki, and of course, it's actually supposed to be pronounced Synodeki, but I like my Synodaki pronunciation better, uh, which means that when a part of something refers to the whole of something, uh, but which the whole is not immediately present in the local text, uh, but nevertheless is inferred, that then you have the right to be able to go ahead and apply that. So this uh, Synodeki is a really powerful, important thing. Now, we know that the Bible tells us that there are all kinds of very important books that, that the children of Israel had available to them at one time, but were lost. And one of those books that was a really important book that has a lot of the reveal about the escape of Israel was called the, the Book of Wars. And it, it was became a lost Book of Wars, and it's mentioned in Numbers 21.14. So this lost Book of Wars could have told the story to the people of this special things that was done uh, to, to allow uh, the escape of, of um, Israel from the grip of of Egypt and the Pharaoh, uh, but that book uh, has been lost. Now, I have known for some many long years, and I have mentioned this over the many years, is that if God will give me the time of life and the time of energy, that I can and I will rewrite that book from the Akava revelation in the book, the small little fractions of pieces that are in the Bible. Uh, I can take that and enlarge upon that the, the Senedaki and bring the whole story of the Lost Book of Wars uh, back into print. And one day I, I hope to, to be able to do that, you know, to do that whole thing. Now, I want to show you, though, that there are things in the Bible that cause a lot of problems because the whole story is not understood, and there is disinformation, and there is uh, uh, incidents that are contradictory in the sense of what one intent is and what that intent becomes. Now, let's look, for instance, um, let's look, for instance, in the book of Joshua, and let's look at um, 
uh, at Joshua 21, and let's read something uh, very, very interesting. Joshua 21:43, and the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which He sware to give unto the fathers, and they possessed it and dwelt therein. Now, what do you think that means? Well, I think that most people, when they would hear that, they would say, "Well, that means that the promise that was made to um, to Moses and the children of Israel." Uh, that they could, they were to go and possess this land of milk and honey, and the description that it gives, you know, uh, from the river of Egypt uh, uh, all of the way to the great Euphrates, that that they would have all of that land in between, and it must mean that well that they got it, but you know we're going to read some amazing things here that will be disturbing, and let's read this one more time. And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which he sware to give unto their fathers, and they possessed it, and dwelt therein. Now, as goes on. And the Lord gave them rest round about according to all he sware unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. Now, according to this, there was not one human being of the Hittites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, all of these different nations of which God said wipe out and don't leave even one breathing individual. According to this, that came to pass and there was none of them left alive. And it says, there stood not a man of all their enemies before them, but the Lord delivered all their enemies. But you see, if you don't really read this carefully, and you don't read that the Lord gave them rest round about according to what he swore, so that sometimes even these people that were supposed to be destroyed, even these individuals with all these, these names of different nations, are put in a state of suspension <coughs> so that they are not in a warring mentality against Israel. And then Israel has this rest because there's not a single solitary individual out there belonging to those, those hostile, once hostile tribes that have any desire to come against Israel and fight against them. Now people say, ah, oh, no, that's not what it says. Well, I know that doesn't seem to be what it says. But let's look at some other scripture. <coughs> Okay, this this is uh, so very very interesting. Now let's let's just let's first go to Deuteronomy uh, twenty sixteen. Let's go to Deuteronomy twenty sixteen. This is a powerful scripture here, and a scary one really. And we're going to read it. Uh, Deuteronomy twenty sixteen. Okay, all right. And here's what it says. <clears throat> But of the cities of these people, which the Lord thy God doth give thee for inheritance, thou shalt save alive nothing that breatheth. Now according to this scripture, none of the cities and none of the people of those cities that was supposed to be inherited by the Israel was to be left alive. Verse 17, But thou shalt utterly destroy them, namely, 
the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canadian, the uh, get that straight, Can uh, Canaanites. Can <laughs> we'll get it here. It's what happens when you live in Canada. And uh, in Canaan, Canaanites, and the per uh, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and it names all these. They're to be utterly destroyed, and none, no persons left that 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 can even breathe. Now, let's go to Judges one nineteen, and this one will knock the saddle from out of your seat. It'll uh, it 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 will it will literally. Um, Fry some of you people, um, but we hope it doesn't uh, totally uh, turn you just into a crisp. Now here's what it says in Judges 1, 19. Here we go. <clears throat> and the Lord was with Judah, and he drove, he drove out the inhabitants of the mountain, but he could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley, because they had chariots of iron. Now, that doesn't even seem to make sense. You mean the Lord? Capital L, capital O, o capital R, capital D, Yahweh, Yahweh L, with all his mighty angels and everything, using Judah, he drove out the inhabitants of the mountains but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valleys because they had chariots of iron? That's what the Bible says. So, when we start looking at the Bible and we start realizing some of the things that it does say and how it does say those things, you need an interpreter. You need a man of God interpreter that is interpreting it correctly. Otherwise, you're going to end up with confusion and you're going to end up with feeling like the Bible is saying something very contradictory to what it teaches. But you have to always remember that the Lord and God are always represented by someone. So as they are, God is represented, as the Lord is represented, those are where then the limitations come in. The limitations don't really go to God. The limitations don't really go to the Lord. The limitations come in, though, by the person who is representing the Lord, who is representing God. And I read you last week these scriptures showing that that is truly the case showing how that the Bible tells about people that are representing God. So, we have to understand then that when people do not obey the Word of God, when there is, when there is a law and there is a, a, a word to follow and people do not obey the, wor the, the word and the law, that uh, what happens? Well, then God withdraws His Spirit the angels that are there to go before him uh, leave, stand aside, because the people have become disobedient and broken the laws. 
And then that changes the effect of, of the plan. And so then things begin to happen differently than, than they did, uh, uh, than the intent of them was, was meant to be. <clears throat> and so let's, for instance, now let's, let's look at something uh, on this plan of the Egyptians and the plan of the, of the uh, Israelites uh, as to um, some of these things that are so important and, and uh, get, get the revelation of, you know, of what these important things are so that we could just see how that, how that, God, uh, how that God did things. For instance... What about, what about this thing that is one of the biggest problems with archaeologists? They claim there are no signs, there's no pottery, there's no bones, there's no remnant of anything of any significance that can be found as a trail of a large number of of Israelites going into the wilderness and leaving some kind of tracking. Well, first off, we know that that the the number of the people, instead of it being two million, was only somewhat over six hundred thousand. Now, there was more than that that went out of Egypt. We'll talk about that. But they, didn't stay, they were not to stay with the army. They divided off again. There was another division. And these were uh, foreign uh, groups. And we'll talk about them. Now, that makes one major difference of there not being any debris of the extent of two million plus people children, cattle, victuals. That was totally done differently than what the, the people who are searching history and the Egypt, Egyptologists and the people that are archaeologists have gone to the means of trying to discover. Well, what about the shoes and the clothing? I mean, you know, they were 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years. You know how long that that is? And what about, what about that? Well, here's what it says in Deuteronomy 29.5, if you want to believe this. 40 years in the wilderness, your clothes are not waxen old upon you, and your shoes are not waxen old upon your feet. What? These people did not need to ever get rid of their old clothes. In fact, their clothes w was so superior. And why was that? Because these people were all fitted and tailored with special clothing and special shoes that were of a special kind of weaving material that had a substance in them 
of, of certain kinds of metals. And we're going to give you a lot of that revelation. We're going to show you a lot of that kind of thing because it's so very, very important. And when they went out of Egypt with those special clothes and with those special shoes that were made the way they were made, something never been done, but this was revealed by God. God revealed this. <clears throat> he revealed for them how to make these shoes. Can you imagine it? To last for 40 years and not, not, wax old, not waxing old. Well, there's scriptures, and we're going to go into them, and they are so interesting that show why there was a clean trail of the Exodus army and show why they were able to do something unheard of. Unheard of. It is so challenging to the mind to, to see these kind of revelations and to hear all of the things that God has to show and to reveal. So awesomely beautiful. We're going to um, take a break and have Janet Lee at the organ, and then we'll be back.
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Janet Lee. Wow. You got some Pepsi in that playing today. Thank you. All right. So we're back. The clean trail, the the Passover plan, the plan to get out in the way, the 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 volume of the detail, the significance of the detail, the spirituality of the detail. For instance, in chapter 12 of Exodus, and the subject, of course, is about how to deal with the lamb of the Passover. Verse 5 of the 12th chapter, your lamb shall be without blemish, and then skipping down to verse 9, eat not of it raw, don't eat it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, with the pertinence thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. That which remaineth of it until the morning, you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it with your, your uh, loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you, sh you shall eat it in haste, it is the Lord's Passover. Now here we see this imbued law of not leaving any remains. And it's connected to the Passover revelation. So what do they do with the meat that is left over that they cannot eat? There's not enough people to eat it all. What are they to do with it? It's, it's been blessed. It's sacred. It's, got to, it's blood. It's put on the, the door lintel post. It's for the Passover so that the angels will know not to bother any of these people with the, with, with the Passover blood and the representation of what the lamb is and what the blood of the lamb is and all those things that, that are connected to Jesus Christ. And it is such an incredible revelation. It doesn't just span the day that they are in and the, and the subject of getting out of Egypt. But it, it goes all the way to the coming of Jesus, the, his birth, his ministry, his offering of himself on the cross. That's all part of the Passover plan. It, it's imbued in that, in that pattern, in that image. But there's not to be anything left. It's to be totally used. See, Jesus says, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. He didn't leave there to say, oh, you can eat everything, all my flesh but my foot. All my flesh but my left hand. Uh, you know, and that would be okay. Now, that's a, a little extreme, I know, but, I mean, we're talking about eating my flesh and blood. And that was very extreme when he said it in those days, and the majority of his followers decided to, to leave him, not follow him anymore. And he turned to his disciples and said, well, what about you? Are you, are you going to qu quit too? And they said, we don't have any place else to go. We're sticking with you. Now, what were they to do with this? The Bible says in Exodus 12, verse 10, that what remaineth, destroy it before morning, burn it with fire. Now, there you got it. What was going on on this trail, this clean trail? 
Well, anything that was debris was being gotten rid of. And it was being burned with fire. So there wasn't nothing. So when those soldiers were going on, on their, their fast move across uh, the, the wilderness to, to find the escape route at the Red Sea, they had um, men that were at the back following them. And they were looking for any kind of signs of debris, any kind of thing that would have dropped off from the army or from, the, or from maybe a wagon or from a chariot or from uh, a person. And they would pick that up. They would uh, put it probably into some kind of, uh, of a container um, or bag. And, uh, and then it would be burned. And uh, and uh, and we'll show you another thing that would be, that would be would happen to it. We've got a, the plan right here in the Bible to burn those things. Don't leave them. Because what was going on here? Moses did not want, and this was the plan of the Passover escape, not to leave any sign, any detail, any signature of the escape. To leave none. Wow. Even those people that claim that they found uh, uh, remnants of the, um, of the escape uh, because they found in, in uh, one uh, uh, gulf of water uh, uh, way buried deep uh, uh, the wagon wheels of some of the chariots that the Egyptians drowned in. And, and you know, uh, we won't be getting into uh, that uh, uh, revelation or debate or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but even if, let's say that were the case, that is still not got anything to do with remnants left by the, by the army of Israel. That was remnants left by the Egyptians. But they can't find any remnants left thus far at all by, by, by the Israel people. And, and a large body of people, even, you know, 600,000 moving across uh, at his designated route uh, to not fi be able to find anything is very meaningful. Okay, now, they got shoes and clothing and gear that they wear that is infused with threads of brass. And these threads of brass that they have made the weaving from because the Bible says in one of the scriptures that very thing, which probably won't get around to it today, but maybe next week I'll get into it, about the scripture that actually tells that story. And taking and making something unheard of before is sort of a thing that God does. That's what God did with Joseph. You know, Joseph is, is uh, historically said to have come up with the plan to divert the Nile into all the other streams that was used to extend all the planting re uh, areas in the delta there and to make it a vast, uh, a capable area for, for being able to send uh, crops uh, all the way up to, to, to Nubia. That's, that's uh, clear up to Africa, to the Nubians, uh, who were the Ethiopians. And we'll talk about that because... There's something very interesting about that whole revelation. Of course, Moses was familiar with the Nubians and that whole route 
because history says that when he was still with the Pharaoh and he, he was assigned an army, that he took his army and went up and fought beyond Upper Egypt, the Nubians in Africa. And I believe that is where he found his, the lady who would later become his wife, who was an Egyptian, uh, not an Egyptian, but who was an, uh, an Ethiopian. <coughs> so it's very interesting how this whole story comes together. Now, they've got these clothing, this clothing and shoes that 40 years does not wear out with this special kind of, of, of new fiber uh, that they've, uh, is, they've threaded into these uh, patterns of weave uh, to, to make uh, these clothing, this, the clothing and the shoes. What an interesting, absolutely almost unbelievable thing to, to uh, imagine to happen. But that's not all. Just to prove a point here, let's look at Deuteronomy 23.13. And, and this, this might freak some of you people out. Deuteronomy 23.13. Because this all goes along with the clean trail. Leaving a clean trail is all part of the plan. All part of the plan of the Passover. It's not just the angels passing over the destruction of their place in, in, in Egypt, but it's the Passover, the angels going before them, of the escape from the Pharaoh and the escape from the land and the territory of Egypt. The plan continued. Now, let's look at Deuteronomy 23, verse 13. And thou shalt have a paddle upon thy weapon. And it shall be that when thou wilt ease thyself abroad, thou shalt dig therewith and turn back and cover that which cometh from thee. For the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of the camp to deliver thee and to give up, thy, and to give up thine enemies before thee. Therefore shall thy camp be holy that he see no unclean thing in thee and turn away from thee. Now there was the ordinance, which was the same as the Passover law, of not leaving any remnant, no, no remains of the lamb, to burn it. We see now a plan in which they were even to take and create, make a paddle and put that uh, on to their weapon of war and use that paddle uh, to bury any uh, personal uh, uh, um, feces that would come out of their body uh, and, and, and to leave the land uh, clean in, in respect of this holy Passover revelation plan. And it says, and I read it to you here, it wasn't just that one incidence for the paddle, but it, 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 it goes on to say, you know, uh, for the Lord walketh in the midst of the camp uh, uh, before thee, and therefore shall thy camp be holy that ye see no unclean thing. Any remnant, any debris, anything that was, that was become junk 
was not the plan of God. That's why he revealed this revelation to make this kind of clothing, these kind of shoes that would last the whole duration of the 40 years in the wilderness. It was all part of the Passover plan. Now I find that incredibly exciting. I find that super exciting. And there is there is more that goes along with that. Uh, there are just so many interesting things. But we want you to know, and we're going to be getting into this, probably not this week, I can see with the time. But we're, we, we want to get into a lot of things about the chariots and how that, and we mentioned them somewhat last week, how that the chariots uh, were first created uh, in places like Ur, uh, in, in, you know, uh, over uh, in... Uh, that land, uh, uh, you know, where where uh, Abraham eventually came from, and uh, how that uh, uh, that knowledge then was brought through Abraham, and then to uh, fi finally through uh, Joseph, and 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 it came in, into Egypt uh, through him, and I think prior to him through what is called the High Coast people, H Y. K-O-S, high coast people. And they play a really important part in this whole thing of the of of the uh of the Passover plan and we'll you know want want, want to be talking about that. Well, was there really a plan to erase things that happened? Was there really a plan? Is that is there anything more in the Bible about that? Well, let's go back to Exodus 17 uh, 14. Exodus 17:14 is very very <laughs> specific and we're going to read that to you right now Exodus 17:14 and here is here's what it says and the Lord said unto Moses write this for a memorial in a book it might have went into the book of wars a, this book of wars probably did have this information and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, because Joshua was going to be taking the battle on uh, into in, into Canaan. And I will, and this is it: colon, for for I will utter, utterly put out the remembrance of the Amalek from under heaven. Now we see that it is actually a plan of God. It's actually a plan of this this incredible. Uh, revelation with all its velocity uh, of, of, of knowledge uh, with with all of his plan uh, you know that is is a clear trail plan and 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 is, is a plan uh, you know to to show the people uh, this wonderful revelation uh, of the lamb and 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 how that that is a deliverance plan and that deliverance plan is to set the people free. And we see then that uh, the depictions of the chariots that have been found in petroglyphs and, and, uh, of sandstone and, and that there is a, a, a very interesting timetable because the Bible says that Joseph, when he was made second in command, he went around in a chariot. 
And, uh, and then when he took his father into Canaan to bury him, he had a, a bunch of, of chariots that went to do, to, do, to do that. Now, it's interesting if you take the word chariot, C-H-A-R-I-O-T, and you take the H out, you get C-A-R, car. And when we think in terms of um, going into uh, the Latin, uh, which is a word for chariot, the carum, uh, it's C-A-R-R-U-M. It's got car in it. And so when we talk about the horseless carriage, <laughs> we've got the chariot without the horses, and we got the name of car right in the name of chariot, so that when people got into automobiles, uh, that was just something that was the result of those incredible inventions pulled by horses, and they call the engines, uh, according to how much horsepower they have, uh, the, the, what the power of the engine that drives the car is. So you got the, the horses and the engines, and you got the car body, which is the horseless carriage, and, and, but it does have the horses in the power mode of it. So later, when we are talking about things like the Ziths and the Zams, and we're making comparisons uh, to this horseless carriage uh, example, because we have the example of the horses, which were called uh, when Ezekiel was taken, or pardon me, when uh, Elijah was taken up, and 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 there there was these uh, uh, this horses of fire. So it certainly wasn't just flesh horses. And, and this is this chariot of fire, horses and chariots of fire. And so we have this depiction that these were flying uh, cars, flying chariots. And there we have our ziths, which comes from the word fringe, the Hebrew word fringe, like the fringe of space. And um, uh, all these things are tied together in these in these revelations. Now we see where it was the plan of of God to erase memories of different wars. Uh, we also see, know that, and this is a fact. I don't think anybody that's a historian of any kind or has done any reading of any significance would deny, but that Egypt, the Egyptians, uh, they have chiseled out the names. Of, of pharaohs or or leaders of people uh, that um, that they no longer wanted to respect as having ever been leader, so you know that they did everything that they could to chisel out to erase to destroy the memory of the people of Israel uh, because of their def their defeat of 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 a pharaoh and of a and of the pharaoh's army. And they don't want that story out. You know, it's, it's like a lot of the Arabs, I don't say all of them, but a lot of the Arabs still teach today that the Holocaust uh, of the Jews never happened. That, that those people that supposedly were um, put in prisons and were gassed by the Germans and, and were killed and tortured, that, that was, that's all made up by the Jews. That never happened. That is a modern-day idiom claimed by some of the nations of the Arab people denying the Holocaust. So this is a, a thing of disinformation that has gone on and continues to go on and is going on today in government. Governments that are not telling the truth.
uh, about a lot of things, uh, happenings that are occurring uh, that are camouflaged with disinformation. Those things are real and they're happening and they continue and that is why God has provided uh, that when you live in a warp, then sometimes you have to uh, act accordingly to that warp. You can't walk as though you're walking on a straight level plane, uh, like a road that, that has a straight leading to a particular place because there's a warp. And, and uh, that's why God has provided causeways. These causeways uh, um, seem to be so, uh, uh, saying something not true, but it's, it's, it's true based on the warp. And, and and not true if it was going to apply to a circumstances according to how it should really be, but it's not. And so this all goes to all these beautiful uh, uh, revelations of this whole thing uh, that this event uh, that happened of the of the Passover, the Passover escape, the Passover plan, and how that this Passover plan has so much in it. It's got the story about the sea people, the sea people and, and, and who came and settled uh, in Lower Egypt. And, um, and these people were fantastic w with, with uh, ships and boats, and uh, they play a very important part in the escape because I told you last week a little bit of the story, how that uh, the, the Israelites sold to the Egyptians uh, for, for, for money uh, uh, a lot of cattle because uh, the, Egypt, the Bible says that all of the cattle of, of the Egyptians died in the disease or whatever it was that killed all the firstborn of Egypt. And so then they, uh, they had less, less can, uh, cattle, but they still had some cattle, and, and they took those like, uh, like traders. And, uh, and they were connected with uh, the sea people. Uh, they were very, uh, they spoke the same language according to historical checks as, to, as the sea people and, and as the high coast. And the high coast, the sea people, they, you know, they were there. They, they had been there for some time, and and uh, 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 in in the uh, lower uh, uh, land of, of uh, Egypt, and uh, uh, they didn't they didn't come in there like with armies to take over and take take Egypt. They just moved in there and lived there. And uh, and I will show you, uh, you know, uh, at a later time how that the the uh, hierarchy of um, of Upper Egypt uh, thought it was an advantage. Did not agree with the Pharaoh uh, to come against the high coast and and the sea people because they were they were reaping a lot of advantages from them in many ways. And I will read that to you probably next time uh, in the next next week. Uh, a whole bunch of incredibly awesome information about how that these people all played the part. So now here you get the story. Here you have, you have the high coast and some sea people that were, some of them were serial slaves. The Egyptians, uh, the um, Israelites were not serial slaves. Uh, there was a, 
uh, national agreement between Israel and, and, and Egypt uh, for the task that they did and so forth. But, but um, uh, in a, another sense, they were slaves. But, but the, some of the, the high coast and some of the sea people were serial slaves. And, and of course, they wanted to get out of Egypt. They, they wanted to escape that slavery. And so there was a plot. They plotted together uh, when this whole thing began to come up uh, for, the, for the escape. And, and they, they were aware of the signs and wonders that was going on and the things that Moses was doing. And, and they were totally uh, convinced that this was their opportunity. Now, there has been other exodus. There is a recorded exodus of 480,000 high coast uh, persons that left Egypt uh, way before the uh, people of Israel ever did. Uh, so this kind of, uh, of thing of large numbers of people leaving Egypt uh, has had other exodus. It's not just one exodus, and that's what we've said from the beginning. We're, we're talking about not just one escape, but a lot of escapes going way back to the beginning of time, which we will be getting into before this series is finished. But here we've got now the children of Israel making this money so that the Bible says that, that they depleted the wealth, now this is in the Bible, they de that the Israelites depleted the wealth of the Egyptians by all of the various things that they did. The borrowing of a lot of victuals and a lot of, lot of jewelry and all kinds of things, but also the selling of their cattle uh, when they had lost their cattle. And then faking it out, faking it out with disguise with these mixed multitude that, that, and foreign people that the Bible in many places clearly says that went across with the army. Now, someone says, well, then what difference would it make? They would have been slowed down and, and just as if they had their own people and not the multitude. No, because when they got across, those people, the high coast and the sea people, they went a different direction. They didn't go with the Israel army. They split off. And, and I'm going to uh, reveal to you the whole plan, how that they had ships waiting for them on the Red Sea, and they had, uh, they had uh, cattle that they were going to take to the, to, to, to the Nubians and sell them for gold, and then follow the Red Sea on up to, Israel, to uh, India, uh, because you can take that route and go all the way up to India. Now, um, Alexander the Great had a whole naval force uh, that he took uh, you know, uh, on uh, the Red Sea. And uh, I want to get into the navigational aspects of potential uh, and show you how that that all works and how that, that, that they were able to, to do something that people didn't expect that they could even do at that time and show you how that they did it and how they moved these cattle and moved their people on these ships that were waiting, which was an agreement they had uh, with, w between the high coast uh, and and the uh, the sea people and the Nubians because the uh, the high coast people were very involved and had made a lot of deals in the in history with the Nubians and then they were going to take that gold and go on to India and and uh, and bring back you know merchandise 
to 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 sell and they would be back into into business and they would be out of the control of Egypt and that is a whole awesome and beautiful story uh, that has not been told that has not been understood uh, that has uh, you know people said well you know they they can't go up up the Nile you know and, and and people get confused you know like there's 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 the the Suez uh, Gulf and then people say well no that that was that didn't exist until the 1800s no you're talking about the Suez Canal that comes off of the Suez Gulf the Suez Gulf is actually another name for the Red Sea and and there are different uh, like the 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 Gulf of of Aqaba is another name for the Red Sea. That's all waters of the Red Sea under different names. But you have to know all of this to really know how that these designations worked and how that these people split off again the second time and then just the army and, and a few of the people pertaining to certain things went uh, and, and found their way to the other place at the Red Sea uh, trying to get get out and over to the land of uh, Midian. And, and, uh, and then there's so much of all that happened there that, uh, you know, we want, we want to get into. And we want to, uh, you know, these, uh, the, another name for the high coast were the Amu, A-M-U. Uh, those, those uh, that name meant Egyptians, but it meant, e it meant people who lived in Egypt. And it didn't mean that they were proper citizens. And um, so there's uh, history on people like that. A lot of people say, well, I never ever heard of the MU before. Well, it's a historically documented uh, thing, and it has a lot of uh, revelation that uh, is important uh, for, for uh, uh, us to know and to see and to, to understand and, and so forth. Uh, now, the, of these, of these uh, one of the things I want to show you, but I don't think I have time today, is how that these um, these uh, twenty-year-olds uh, and oh up and up uh, that were called the fathers, and they represented their families. And there are at least two places in the Bible where it lists all of these different families, and it clearly shows that when you have these individuals that were part of the army, that when they went over that they went representing their entire family just as if their entire family had gone. That is Bible. And they list them all. So all of the tribes were represented by those single individual uh, persons who were in the army of the 600 and, uh, plus thousands of people. Uh, and so in that sense, when it says the children of Israel, uh, the children of Israel uh, were, were there because they were represented by the fathers. And 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 uh, so uh, we had that part of them. Plus we had the other part then that was that was separated, and and that was the harnessed people that were into the five groups that went out at different times, all the different methods. And and I really want to get into 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 how that they 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 took. Uh, they, they were involved with the high coast. They were involved with the sea people, and those people had had ships, and and they they just sailed right down uh, that that 
that canal right down and all going downstream and right on into the the to the Mediterranean and, and then went right to to Canaan with all their goods uh, and and with all and with their people and and uh, uh, and then of course not all of them went that way because some of them uh, wanted to stop at uh, uh, other uh, uh, cities. And and to do that, they had to just take the land route. But uh, it's it's awesome, it's it's super, it's exciting, and the Bible is real and the Bible is true. And just because there's a bunch of of atheist people out there that want to uh, knock down the Bible, knock down the Word, uh, to to blast uh, the, the Bible as being false because they can't discover the truth because they don't know about the book of war. They don't know about the, the Akava. They don't know about the deep mysteries that are secrets of God and that God reveals those to his servants, the prophets. They don't know of all these unique, incredible things. Uh, like when, when the, 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 the people like the, the sea people and especially the high coast people came in into lower Egypt Egypt, they weren't, they weren't much of a warring nation at all. They, they weren't capable. Uh, uh, I'm going to read you the list of all of the inventions uh, that was made by the high coast that they taught the Egyptians to use. They didn't know about the chariots until the high coast people. They didn't know about the horses and the bows. They didn't know about these special hatchet we weapons that they used and all kinds of other uh, eating techniques and that was introduced by the high coast people to, to the Egyptians and that made them become what they eventually became in a very powerful sense. So, or at least add it to, to the dimension of it. Let's put it that way. So, uh, we can see that there is just so much. Uh, the lost book of wars is going to be resurrected. And, um, and Exodus 3.8 says, And I am come down to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them out of Egypt into a good land, and a large land flowing with milk and honey, unto a place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the and it goes on naming all these different people that I've already read to you and, and how uh, that that's all part of the plan and the token, you know. And, um, and then it, 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 it talks about how that, uh, that God will bring Israel out of the land according to their armies. That's Exodus twelve fifty one. So here was a true fulfillment of... The, the, the sayings of Paul, calling, calling those things that are not as though they are, that this was the faith of Abraham, that this was the faith of, of Moses, that this was the faith of Joshua, that this was the faith of Aaron, that they could take these armies and just these young men and they, the men that were fit for war and they were representatives because this was a big thing individuals that were representatives of the Lord, individuals that were representatives of angels, individuals that were representatives of God, and individuals that were representatives of the families of Israel. Because eventually, remember, Israel was the name of one man. That was one man. 
that was, had his name changed, and he was called Israel. But then his name be became the name for all the families of the Semonite Hebrew people. And we see how that, that one man specifically represented all, the, all Israel. And there are scriptures in Isaiah that show like Jacob being brought back again. And that some of these name meanings having significance of representing as a pattern, representing as an image, representing as a prophecy. So that like the conjunction and, when a, a part of something is presented, then there is an implied disposition, an inferred disposition, that is capably a part of that infer inference. And when the revelation of that inference is unfolded, then that one little small word that seems so unimportant as a, as a conjunction becomes a masterpiece addition that unfurls the flag. Just like the high coast and the sea people who faked out as though they were the people of, of Israel going with Moses and the army and that when they split off and they start going the other direction and they got on those ships, they didn't fly flags of the high coast people. They didn't fly flags of the sea people. They flew Nubian flags because they had a, an agreement worked out with Nubia. And the Egyptians let them through, did not try to interfere with them on the sea, the Red Sea, because they thought they were part of an accepted plan because they had agreements and tre treaties with, with the Nubians. And so they got through. And it's a beautiful, interesting story that is in the Bible that's revealed there for people that would only believe. What a journey. What a journey. What a revelation. According to the number that you shall prepare, so shall you do everyone accordingly. How you ate, how you drank, how you made your army, how you made your journey, journeys was all part of a number, of a token. And that number was a designation and part of the plan of the Passover. And that Passover was a beautiful thing made by God for his people. And I close with the reading of this. When Exodus 12, 11 says, eat the Passover in haste and sanctify it, all the firstborn of both man and beast, that is reminiscent of eating the Passover 
of Christ's blood and flesh. For greater love hath no man than he that would lay down his life for a friend. And when we read of Exodus 12, 48, the stranger may eat of the Passover if he is circumcised. We know that the real message of this is about circumcision of the heart. And when it talks about every firstling of an ass is redeemed with a lamb, this means that people that are not even lambs, people that are foreign individuals, can be brought in to be in lambs. They can, they can become part of Israel by taking on that circumcision of the heart, by being part of that passion of the Passover. So there is resurrection proof in the thing of the, res of the Passover of, of Exodus. Because we find in Revelations 11, 7 and through 12, where it says, And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of that great city, spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where our Lord was crucified. What? Here we've got the Lord being crucified in a place called Sodom and Egypt in a spiritual sense. And that whole thing connecting to this Passover and to this escape of the people of Israel. Ladies and gentlemen, Revelations 11, 7 through 12, and their dead bodies shall lie in the street. And it's talking about these witnesses that are going to lie there in this incredible thing. Wow. Well, there's more. But we've run out of time. We'll pick up Lord Welling next week. May God bless you. It's Janet Lee at the organ.